We've had some testicular difficulties. Very big ones. Torsion. You ever Torsion? Heard, about, heard about that? No, it's where your, not. Where your balls get twisted in the sack. Oh my god! It's called testicular torsion. That's all I got for you today. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, we have recorded two episodes. Um, the fu- I'm yeah. lost. Oh, I thought I'd just move on without you. I'm Thank just, you. I'm just leave you. <laughs> We've recorded two episodes with people and. Both of the audio tracks got completely messed up. Mm-hmm. So October is never a month. No, we're just cursed. Yeah. Um, so we're going to. I'm Tracy. Yeah. I'm Mike. There we go. Welcome back to Gay Space. Gay Space. And uh, this is take two. Well, take one. Doesn't matter. You know what? Take two is lost in a vault somewhere yeah. forever. What's most important that our guest is back. Yay! Dita Ritz. Dita welcome. Ritz. <laughs> Hi, Hi. Welcome back again. <laughs> back, back again. <laughs> We're so glad that you agreed to come back and see us and talk to us and hang out with us again. <laughs> yeah. We had such a good time the first time that the kids just needed to know it, so we had to record it this That's time. right. <laughs> um, so you have the script that I provided you from last time to just recreate the whole thing. Absolutely. Ready, right here. It's all taped on the wall. There we go. <laughs> Um, and then we have a, a secret, not so secret special guest coming in for the second half, Princess, who is here. She's th- just on her phone. I thought you were going to just not say her name. A secret, not so secret special guest. Well, the point of a secret is you don't bring them up until the secret is revealed. So. <laughs> thank you for thank you for coming to Tracy Otomy is the only one prepared for this today. Where are your questions? <laughs> right here. In the old noodle. <laughs> Someone give P a pen so she can click it. <laughs> that did come through on our last, um, the last time in audio. The practice on <laughs> the practice <laughs> recording. Oh, yeah. so you could hear that part, but nothing else. It was more like, so what it sounded like was you could hear Dita and then you could hear what David was saying. And then everything else sounded like I was in a small corner in the back of the room. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. We do like to keep you somewhere in like a box or yeah, something. It was like I was in the closet recording, but trying to get it to the microphone. God, how. And, like, and then how did you feel about. How it all comes full circle. Yeah. Tracy's always trying to put me back in the closet. <laughs> I am. Anyways. She's too gay for me. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dina, how are you? What's new? What's up? Um, I am good. I am. I'm still gay. Like you know, and, and having fun. Uh, but uh, no, everything is good. It's been really, really tough. You know, just with dealing with everything that what 2020 has brought. Um, but luckily, I have been able to like still be able to work and um, you know do the digital drag and do all of that stuff. So it, it could be worse. That's what I keep telling myself because I I read on Twitter and Facebook like some of the girls. When I see some of the queens talk about their struggles and their stuff that they're really going through, I'm like, man, it could be a lot worse. So I'm just trying to be grateful and really count my blessings. I was actually thinking about that yesterday when I was like trying to like fall asleep when I went to bed. I was like, count your blessings. Oh, well, that's good. I mean, it's good to keep yourself 
aware of your positives. Um, what have you been doing to keep yourself busy since March, basically? <laughs> I've been doing a lot of quarantine shows as much as possible. It's actually kind of fun to like, I've turned like a certain spot, spot into my apartment um, into like a studio space. And then I have like friends who have studio space or I'll just use, you know, really cute friends' apartments and make things work. Um, but I've just been really trying to just do a lot of mm -hmm. drag. And so I've been lucky to be able to do a lot of the digital shows that are out right now. And then I have my own digital show that I started on Twitch, which is Details the Drag Show. Um, and then I've also been doing my Details the Slice shows on YouTube with IMHO. So I've just been trying to, you know, it's this mm -hmm. kind of whole quarantine thing and like change of drag, it like shook our industry so much. And so now you're really trying to have to figure, like, I'm just really trying to figure out where my talents lie. Like, I've never really had, like, Drag Race wasn't even this hard. Like, it, it was, it's hard right now to really, like, dig deep and be creative. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Everything is wild right now. <laughs> um, so had you used Twitch before the pandemic, or did you kind of have to navigate it to learn how it all I... worked? I... Um, you know, I never even, I knew about Twitch, but I never used it before. I know that it was like, I think I went on there once or twice to like watch people play video games. Cause I think that that's really what people do with it. It's like a video game thing, mm -hmm. but, um, I never really knew what it was. And then once I saw shows like starting to go digital, um, a lot of the platform that I heard people were saying that they loved was Twitch. And I, luckily I have, you know, shout out to Abhijit here in Chicago um, they helped me out a lot with like the behind the scenes of like getting the videos together and putting everything and copying and pasting and doing a lot of the real like tedious work that it takes to make that show come together. Um, so shout out to ABG cause like they have been teaching me a lot, but yeah, I didn't really know much about Twitch before all the show happened. You know, I just, mm. I was just trying to learn like everybody else. Hey, it's, I mean, as long as you're doing it, it, I mean, we've obviously, we've been having problems moving uh -huh. the whole show to fucking digital. Um, <laughs> uh -huh, yeah. Is, <laughs> yeah. I mean, fr from a podcast standpoint, it's like you find, you have to find the right server. You have mm -hmm. to find how you're going to best record it and then how to make it not sound like you're on a, a, a Skype call the whole time. So <laughs> <laughs> we're stuck in a truck. Yeah. It seems like there's <laughs> yeah. just. There's or in a closet, yeah, uh, or in a closet. There, yeah. there, there is there is so much like with this digital, like the stuff I've learned, even with like when you film yourself and how like the camera sees everything compared mm -hmm. to like a live performance. You can hide something, or if you're on a stage that's higher or further away from the crowd of people, you can disguise and hide things a little bit more. But a camera sees everything, and so of, of anything, I think it's also even helped me like just even perfect and, and polish up even more my drag, you know, which I think every person who does art or like if you're a performer or burlesque or drag, you should always be wanting to do that. Just always like find little things like perfect and like make better. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, that's been the fun part because I never used to like to watch myself like somebody would record me performing and I would be like, oh, that's cute. That's cute. And I maybe watch it like for like a minute just to be nice. But I don't like watching myself perform or oh, do really? anything on camera really and i know that sounds really narcissistic because like as an entertainer you're supposed to like we all supposed to have egos you know <laughs> so i do have that i <laughs> i do have an ego trust me but it's like i get very cringeworthy watching myself on camera and in performances because i always i'm so rough and hard on myself 
So, but, but that's also been good because sometimes you need to like see that to like go to the next level, you know, or you need to like learn something maybe that you need to, like you didn't see before. So, um, so how did you get started in drag? Oh, oh my God. It just, it really kind of happened just hanging out with drag queens. I Mm -hmm. always kind of was the costume designer or the person who would fix the costumes or the zippers or whatever. And I, I was going out to the clubs at a kind of a young age in my hometown. I was going out like 16, 17 years old. So I just knew a bunch of drag queens and it really just, it wasn't something I wanted to do, but they would all tell me, they would be like, oh my God, you have to do drag because then mm-hmm. I would maybe dance for one of them. So then they saw how I perform and dance and then they would see like the look and you know, they'd be like, okay, girl, you could be a fierce queen. And I'm like, no, no, no. And I swore it off for so many years. And then it's interesting that it is my like career path, like mm-hmm. job inspiration to be is the queen of life. You know, <laughs> so I love that. So. <laughs> that sounds so fun. Um, but yeah, it's just, it was just being friends with drag queens. And it really, I, you know, I think uh, like every drag queen can relate to like within your community, you know, everyone, but there's a few selective uh uh, people that you know within your community that always support you, that always tip mm-hmm. you, that are always putting you in their stories, doing art for you, giving you stuff, looking out for you. And like, I just, I was that, I was that to Queens when I was younger. I was very like there for them. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's just really how it is. And then I moved to Chicago and my friend introduced me to uh, my drag mother, Taj Mahal. And she was, you know, at the time she was, the reigning queen of you know boys town and she had a show every week and she was you know very well respected and i admired that because she also reminded me a lot of my mother so um i started really making my way around her eyesight you know what i mean i would go to the shows and tip her when i would when i became of age to go into the you know of the bars and um it just became a thing and then i did an amateur show and she really fell in love with my performance and everything and she said i think you need to be my drag daughter and it just continued to keep going from that because I then got booked the following week after I had won the contest and I hadn't really done a lot of drag contests like whereas a lot of girls they you know a lot of girls have to do amateur shows or Mm -hmm. contests to really get into the scene I was very lucky that I think I met Taj Mahal and she kind of helped guide me to the right like the right moves so I didn't have to do a lot of that and once I won, I remember once I won that competition that she hosted, I kept working and she kept looking out for me and it grew and grew and happened and everything else. So it was, it, my career was very, like when I watch a lot of these young girls come out, I see how there's so much happening and they can't, I can see in their face, they can't like grasp hold of these amazing <laughs> blessings because it is all happening <laughs> so quick when you really are driven in entertainment, you know what I mean? When you know what you want to be, you're like, you're just going through it. So, but that was my finest memory is that I was always kind of the helper to drag queens. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Where did your name come from? How'd you come to that? Um, So I am a huge fan of the Ritz Carlton hotel because I love the Ritz Carlton. It's just the I thought you were going to say the Ritz crackers. (laughs) No, I mean, that it kind of has turned into that. So and I take that, too. I think it's funny. Like, I think it's all hilarious. You know, Um, a few years ago, I worked with Cracker and it was so funny because we didn't even realize when we were in the same dressing room with each other. I was like oh my god this is like the Ritz cracker like and we just literally had a moment like it was crazy um 
But um, and Dita, Dita just comes from Dita Bantis. She's one of my favorite performers. Mm-hmm. I just think the way she performs is just so. I mean, there's a reason she is the queen of burlesque. She is just like truly a goddess when she's on stage, and she's so sensual and soft. And and I enjoy how she like performs literally to like like you know the last minute you don't see her on stage. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, it's really impressive. Um, and she's from Detroit. You know, she's from Michigan. So I just like why not? <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, do you ha- so? The stroke. Have you ever done um, burlesque, like being um, inspired by her? I have. Um, earlier in my career, I would do like little burlesque numbers. It was actually funny before I really got into like uh, really um, working in the drag show scene. Um, because like when I first came out, like when I was first coming out in the drag scene, um, it was a lot of like you had to be in pageants. There was no drag race yet. So it was like mm-hmm. pageants and pageants really were kind of like your 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 um your belt your your sashes were really kind of gave like how how much you were worth uh where you got booked how how much you got booked if you could travel or not and so i um i really worked a lot in uh in 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 pat like i didn't really work a lot in the whole pat pageant scene i'm sorry what was the question (laughs) have you ever done burlesque (laughs) okay sorry um, no, I would have rather Stop going to, off sorry, script. Well, getting to, <laughs> right? Sorry. Oh, my God. Where I was getting to with that was that I really worked a lot in the burlesque show. Okay. And so I would incorporate them early in the burlesque, uh, in, the, in the burlesque numbers. And I worked a lot with the stage or Johnny's and I got to work with Julius Muse and uh, Margaret Cho even one time. And so, wow. so it's pretty like there's like. There was like some things like I did, but not, I haven't really done a lot of it now. I'm, I'm no Violet Chachki. Okay. Oh my gosh. gosh. <laughs> so what propelled you or what inspired you to try out for Drag Race? Um, it was really just the community. It was the community of Chicago. They mm-hmm. were, everybody really was supportive of wanting to see me because I wasn't doing pageants and I wasn't doing what, you know, the other side of the world of drag was offering. So everybody wanted to kind of like see me go on to do something to be no- like noticed for it. And so everybody was just like drag race, drag race. And um, I'll never forget one night I walked into this club in Boys Town and um, this uh, bar back by the name of Justin, uh, shout out to Justin. He came right up to me and he said, I'm going to do your audition tape for drag race. You're auditioning for it. And I was like, and I really didn't have a chance to really say yes or no. He just kind of said, you're auditioning and that's that I'll do it for you and I'll edit it. And I came up with an idea and a concept and that was that. And then they, it, it all happened so quick. Yeah. Like they called like maybe a few weeks later and it was just like, I was on the phone with them and okay. you know, there's back and forth conversation and then, and then you don't hear anything for like a month or two. And then all of a sudden they call you and tell you you're on the show. Wow. <laughs> like a month. And then they're like, hey, get here now. <laughs> Hope you haven't. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, I was like, oh, OK, they they going to put me on the show. They didn't already book the girls for the show. Well, at least I got that far, you know, like because at that point I had already told them about my life and everything. So I was like, well, at least I got like to a certain point. I'm like, I'm fine with that. Yeah. And then, yeah, they they were like, yeah, can you Skype call? And I was like, oh, God, what does this mean? So, <laughs> <laughs> what was that preparation process like? Uh, getting ready for Drag Race? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, very nerve wracking, actually. It was <laughs> it was super nerve wracking. It still kind of gives me PTSD. 
and it usually pops out during like drag con times or anything that I have to do drag race related. It is it mm-hmm. it's it was very hard for me because I was just very in the early stages of my career and I hadn't built up like a wardrobe. Like, you know, like now I have so many clothes and so many pairs of shoes and so many wigs, but I, I, I hadn't had anything to really invest in. I hadn't, I just didn't have that much. And, um, it's often something that I, when I look back, it's my biggest regret about going on the show. And I wish I just would have said, um, fuck it to everything and just asked for help because, you know, they, they also like kind of threaten you, you know, they're like, don't tell anybody. And mm-hmm. there's a lawsuit if you do. And then I read the contract. There was like a million, a couple million dollars I would have had to pay if oh, I would have like told, like, it's, it's like, Jesus. it's just craziness like that. And so you're like reading these contracts and you're like thinking like, okay, I can't tell anybody. So I only told a few people, but when I look at it now, it is like probably one of my biggest regrets. I wish I just would have opened my mouth and had said, I need help to like the right people, you I'm know, going to maybe summer like, camp. I, yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm going to summer yeah. camp and I need some summertime clothing for summertime. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like as something, I wish I just could have said something a little bit more like not just street or whatever. But at that point, it, you know, drag race had been a like, kind of a thing and people had started noticing like how, you know, when girls disappear and whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, even like that, when I left, I, I didn't tell anybody. I think I told maybe a total of like maybe six people. I didn't tell anyone, you know, I didn't tell any bars. I told, I think I told like one or two bar managers that I worked with, but I didn't tell like anybody I really worked with. I just left. And then this rumor started circulating. <laughs> so I was gone. And so, it's like you know, a ghost and, in the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about your lip sync with princess in a minute. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm going with this. I am completely lost. Oh, what, what was your favorite you? moment on Drag Race? <clears throat> uh, my favorite moment on Drag Race. Oh my God, there were a few. I mean, obvious the obvious moment of being able to perform the song, the, the infamous lipstick in front of Natalie Cole is pretty uh, iconic and stands out for me. Um, it's still vivid in my memory to this day. Uh, I think the other thing that was really cool was like being able to be in the room with like Loretta Devine and Regina King. Like those are two <gasps> people I like grew up watching in so many movies. Yeah, like I grew up watching Regina King in so many movies, mm-hmm. and Loretta Devine also. Like they were in all of my childhood films, and I was just like I couldn't believe like I was in the room with both of them, and and both times they were. Um, both times, like they were there judging. I remember I made eye contact. I, I made eye contact with both of them and had to just get, let them know, like I love them. Like, and they were both so sweet. And you know, the, you know, we're like, oh, thank you back. But I was that was probably like the topper for honestly of yeah. it for me because like I grew I grew up like being in the room with these great inner like great performers and actors or um watching them on TV and then to be in a room with them. I was like, oh my goodness, like that's. You know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, not to shift and be shady, but um, I saw on Instagram on International Drag Day, um, they put together this whole clip of Queens of Color and you were left out. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to kind of talk mm-hmm. about that and your feelings on it? Yeah, I mean, my feelings were definitely hurt. Uh, you know, my thought process was, I definitely am going to say something because I feel like, and maybe I am 
living in delusions my own way. But I feel like throughout the years, um, that's not the first time I've watched uh, Drag Race treat me that way. Mm -hmm. And um, I have made a kind of, I've kind of made this like thing when it happened, like when 2020 came, I, I told myself like, I'm gonna stop um, smiling through it. And I'm actually gonna just say like, I think that that's extremely fucked up. They did that. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm gonna make sure that um, when I am talking about it, like I'm talking about it, that I am as calm as I can be and, and cool because I don't want to get mad. That's all you know, want. <laughs> well, you know, obviously I am mad, but like I also want people to understand like it's beyond just being mad and popping off. It's like I'm hurt, you know, that's yeah. how hurts my feelings. And I think that I'm a season four girl. I'm not a no shade to any other later or newer seasons, but I'm not a season 11 girl. I'm not a season mm -hmm. nine girl. I'm a season four girl. I was before this was also an experiment and I would appreciate some respect on my name. Most definitely. That and, you know, that lip sync of you and the princess, it's reposted on their Twitter page once a month. It seems like that lip sync is always rolling by like and it. It's for them to leave you mm -hmm. out. That's really that's really fucked up in every way. I well, mean, and like I say, that's not the first time. And like I said, I'm just trying to like my mind is running a mile a minute right now because I want to make sure that I <laughs> get this off my chest and say mm -hmm. this, you know, so I can move on and be happy and whatever. But um, that was that's not the first time that that's happened where they have done things um, and then have completely excluded me. You know, I will just give an example. There was um, DragCon New York. Uh, there's a part, there's a beginning, I guess, where they like to have all of us queens walk the carpet. We kind of, it's kind of like a, uh, it's kind of like a Met Gala kind of vibe, and mm -hmm. you're taking pictures, and the fans line up, and everyone's just screaming, and it's a really amazing. Um, and they did like a tooted or booted of all the looks, and literally cut me out of that. But everybody else got tooted and booted, and so I was like, wow, like that to me, like those are the things that I've seen, and I've been quiet about. I have not shown i have not posted i have not gone in i've not said anything because i've waited mm -hmm. for moments like this where I, it's asked to me because mm -hmm. i don't want people i don't sit and dwell on that you know i got a career and other stuff and other opportunities that i could be working towards but that type of stuff when i see that it does hurt my feelings because i've not done anything to anyone at the drag race franchise uh to disrespect or hurt them ever i've right. always been loyal and i've always been respectful and i think that you can ask any queen in this industry they, including Princess when she comes on, I'm a very professional queen and I'm a very mm -hmm. nice person. And I, you know, I, I, I don't, I, you know, I don't think I've done anything warranted to have that type of treatment, you know, and it mm -hmm. continues to happen. And so that, I guess, I think also the, the good thing is that I'm glad people are talking about it. I'm glad it's, it's being a thing that's being asked to me in my face. It's not a thing that's just kind of being like a behind my back. Like, I wonder if she really knows that this is going on. And it's also great to have fans, you know, the, oh, the wow. fans really do speak loud and they, I see them on Twitter all the time coming for them and, you know, adding them and saying things. And it, they give me courage to even want to speak up more because mm -hmm. now I, I, you know, for a while when you see stuff like that, you just think maybe it's just you, you know, because like I said, it's mm -hmm. entertainment. We are supposed to be egotistical. So like, I'm just thinking <laughs> like, okay, am I just being egotistical about what, like wanting to see myself in something I know I worked hard on or whatever. But um, I, I've tried now to just, you know, when I talk about it or if the question's asked, just be calm and say, I think that it's really messed up. And I really would, I really wish that Drag Race would, uh, would, would see how much I do respect and, mm -hmm. you know, I have no, like, I would like to be included. It's just, it sucks not to be included. 
Yeah, that's frustrating. Did um, anyone from World of Wonder or anything reach out after you kind of voiced that on Twitter? Um, I've no. I mean, I've spoke. I've I've maybe spoken to like a producer once or twice, um, and it's always good things that you know. I did. Um, I was in LA, and they I guess they needed like a girl to film with the Vivian because she was doing her whole Vivian Takes Hollywood thing. And so there was this whole like fun club scene that me and Angina did with her. And I, it was very last minute, but they called me and they said, you know, do you want to come and do it? And I said, sure. And I went and it was really improv. It was, there was no line or a script or anything I had to learn. And so they were all very impressed, you know, and I, you know, I, I felt it was fine, but mm-hmm. that's all I really have ever, uh, I gotten or heard I'm not you know I don't receive phone calls for all stars I know there's this huge rumor apparently that's going around but I got, I received a call for the next season and that I turned it down or that they didn't you know nothing I've never received a phone where call. Where do the where do these people and I know it's Reddit but where are these people finding their information because my name gets hey. thrown on like the season season 10 through 14 now list of like who they want on it and I'm like I Y'all, y'all don't know me. Like, yeah. I don't know these people. How is this happening? I, I know Reddit is like the number one kind of thing I've heard. I've gone on a Reddit like once or twice. And I, I think that that's like the number one thing everybody always talks about. Reddit says, Reddit says. Mm-hmm. But I, I hear, I mean, I, I was recently tagged in um, this, uh, sh- this show and on YouTube where these girls, they talk about like drag race and they, and they really do speak like nice about, they were speaking nice about me, but they, um, they like they even had a whole like prediction, and I was like, I don't think that that's correct. <laughs> like, I was like, I never have, I, was like, I have never received a phone call from them. It's you know? like and when I, I said that I wouldn't. I mean, I would. I, you know, I I definitely would take a yeah. phone call from them to do opportunities, but I've just I've never received that. I know that after that they, you know, because then it like obviously how the black queens are being treated within drag race, like some of us, not all of us, because they're let's just get it, let's let's just keep it real. There are some mm-hmm. black girls who do get the top of the cake. There are just some who do. Um, but there also are a majority of us that don't get really anything hardly. Um and so sometimes when you voice your opinions online, you would hope that like maybe that would just get their attention to maybe start make like making those changes and, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe opening more opportunities up. Um, but it seems like this just, it's kind of stone cold to them. Like they don't, they choose to not acknowledge it, you know, and it's very disappointing. I know they put out that post that said, um, you know, we stand by our black Queens and we respect them and we don't tolerate, you know, hate comments and hate towards them. But it mm-hmm. like, it took you guys 12 years to say that, you know, like, let's talk about the first season of drag race when Akasha got so much hate. Mm-hmm. She got so yeah, much hate. I remember that. And no one even talks about that. No one mm-hmm. even brings that up. Like Akasha was the first girl. I want to say it one more time. Akasha from season one <laughs> of drag race was the first to receive so much hate about race, like racist hate and disrespect. And like, it's just, it's take it is to me, it just shocks me that it's taken 12 years to say something about it, especially like, let's just keep it real. The host of the show is beautiful and gorgeous, but black. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, I just, I don't know. I hope that just going down the line of more seasons to come and more, like they just give more opportunities to everyone because we're all a talented group of queens. And the one thing I will say is that we all are different from each other. Mm-hmm. None of us are the same. So 
I, I just would, it would be really nice if, uh, you know, they would recognize, like, when when they, you ask if World of Wonder has heard anything, it, it, it would be nice if they recognize that we're hurt by that, that they actually do something about it and not just, you know, post, you know, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's very surprising to me that uh, the host of the show has not actively come out and said, stop doing that, knock that shit off. Yeah. It's very surprising to me because she's talked about how she, she's heard it her entire career. Yeah. Like, will mm-hmm. the girl stand up for your, well, for your kids that, that you're putting I, out there? I also... Sorry, I keep cutting you off. Oh, no, I also, also want to, like, just uh, preference that, like, I... So, like, she... Like, Rue has one time, I remember she said something like when Jasmine went through stuff, Jasmine Masters really went through it. And um, Rue had went on and told people on Twitter, I think she had said, leave Jasmine alone. And I was like, okay, that's nice. That's great. I'm glad she did that. But I also feel like she would do it more mm-hmm. because I know that I know that she doesn't like it. I know that she she can't like that, you know. And and I know that also it probably is hard for her to speak up just because of the fact of, you know, her position at where she's at of power and being black. Mm-hmm. You know, that's sometimes hard to speak up when you are black and you are in such a powerful position. You don't want to mess up your position. You ain't trying to mess up your check. So, like, <laughs> I, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of different things. I do understand why she doesn't speak up. And I think that that's why it's important that World of Wonder speaks up. That's why I think it's important that Ross Matthews speaks up. Why Carson mm-hmm. Kressley speaks up. Why Michelle Basage speaks up while you know so many other people who need to also speak up too so we can't always put it on rue you know we kind of also got to put it on like like you said world of wonder and all the other people mm-hmm. who are a part of this show absolutely yeah. the I feel other like girls you know they, I, do you think that the show would benefit from like an anti-bullying episode like dedicated to that where they all joined in and they're i, I don't know how you would make that a challenge like, PSAs. like a psa That's some kind bullshit. Of thing. yeah um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, like that's the start. I I think that where it honestly starts, in my opinion, is when it comes to the adjacent of the drag race machine. So you have drag race, which is the seasonal competition show, but then you have the Vegas reviews, you have these work the world tours, you have um, you know, the the all of the little like they had the Christmas special, you have all stars, you have all these things. I think it's important that when you are putting all of these different uh, projects out to the world that you show that there's a variety of the drag race girl, right. which also shows a variety of drag. But I feel like when you are picking people to do go out to the world to do these things, then they like it just needs to be, in my opinion, it needs to be a little bit more of a fared, divvied up, uh, you know, role instead of picking the same twenty girls to do all of that. Right. right. Because that's that's just, because what happens is is that people who don't know about drag are educated in the history of drag see those 20 girls and they just think that especially when those 20 girls all have kind of the same things going on then they think oh that's what drag is absolutely that's what drag is like they don't look at nobody else and think when anybody else is doing drag they look at the 20 girls Mm -hmm. who they see on this special and that special and all stars and all work the world and all this stuff and then they say oh well that's drag so what everybody else is doing is just late right the the whole thing of like the whole thing yeah. of like you you failed that challenge you're a terrible drag queen now like what that doesn't yeah. make yeah. any fucking sense and there's what 200 girls now like we have to use the same like the same girls keep getting picked for all stars really why I, yeah i don't <laughs> understand that why would you choose girls that have already been on all stars like yeah. recent seasons of all stars yeah i understand all stars one because it kind of sucked as a season but 
Wow. Pa- it did. <laughs> um, but past that, it's like wow, there are wow. <laughs> there are hundreds of queens for you to choose from, and you're going to choose, I'm not going to name names, but you're going to choose someone again. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Ginger Minge. Yeah, no, and I mean, that is, that's, and, and at the end, and also at the end of the day, that's like a super discredit when you do something like that, when mm-hmm. you choose someone who well it's, it's like you choose someone who honestly don't need to have the all-star experience they already are fine out there working the, and traveling and where, doing all that I and see, then you, you, sorry go ahead <laughs> oh no um like you know it, i'm just saying like you said just like why just divvy you know just give everybody an opportunity mm-hmm. that's just basically what i'm saying just give yeah. everybody an opportunity and yeah. it's the one it's it's just it's very uh it's very frustrating because when you know you're talented it sucks when you see other people doing things that you know you can do also too but you just be completely getting discarded for mm-hmm. it it's like it makes you question like if you are talented you know you have to keep reminding yourself right right that's so frustrating i want to see people from like the first three seasons and four, first four seasons like really come back because a lot of them present company included are like you all have grown so much. Like you look at stuff, you're not the same person you were five years ago. So why mm-hmm. are we still doing the same person that was on the second season? Yeah. Like, well, uh, and it's so funny years. you say that. It's so funny you say that like, okay, we've all grown and we're not the same and mm-hmm. I feel the same exact way, but it's like, you literally to some degree are made to feel like you still are that person from season four. Yeah, like well, it's, I- it's so interesting because I don't, and I don't know if it's just because like, if, if I can really break it down, if you don't mind, really quick. Yeah, Please. come on, girl. I'm ready. Like, <laughs> so, like, my whole thing is, like, I truly believe that, like, for instance, we'll just use me as an example. I wasn't really prepared with a lot of the looks. I hadn't mm-hmm. had things I invested in a lot in drag compared to, like, someone like like Chad Michaels, who was there, who mm-hmm. had an extensive, beautiful wardrobe. It was invested in. It looked beautiful. Everything was on par. I feel like sometimes in production and specifically speaking television or Hollywood production, a lot of times in those situations, if you're not up to par as like Chad Michaels was, Mm -hmm. then they don't ever want to put another risk on you. They don't ever want to be like allow that like opportunity in their head. Like, Oh, this person could probably grow and we could come back to her in a few seasons. If we ever do an all stars and Mm -hmm. then we'll see where she's at. It's almost like, I feel like mentally I've had, and I've had to, it's taken me a long time to like, learn how to lead, like not be there mentally anymore. But it's almost like when you work in television production and Hollywood and stuff, it's almost like they leave you in that little mark of like where you mm-hmm. were like, I will always be season four of just some, and this is really sad to say, but to some people, I will always be dry wig, ashy need, Dita Ritz <laughs> from season four. I will never be allowed to grow mm-hmm. and have any other experience. Mm-hmm. I will always be that because, and then I think what happens is when the fandom goes in on that, I feel the production then sees that and they go, well, we don't want to put another risk on that. Right. We don't want to have another risk. On right. That. So then we don't get another opportunity to show our growth. And I, and I know it sounds crazy. That may be a conspiracy theory in my head, but I really feel like that's what I've, I've noticed because I've noticed the people who go on the shows and are already like a, like, you know, really polished, they tend to blossom and have a lot of, the crazy success. Meanwhile, you know, people who have maybe didn't have that experience are really left to kind of like dig their way out of a ditch, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I have, I've had to dig my way years. It took me years to dig my way out of people looking at me like what I just said, how they see me from season four, you know? Right. Yeah. That is so frustrating. That's, ugh, I, it makes me crazy that they wouldn't, I, it just, 
treat people like that. What? Oh, I messed up, didn't I? Sorry. <laughs> We're um, really professional here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to bring up, so talking about drag race but separately during all of this whole pandemic um the black lives matter movement has really grown and exploded and opened a lot of people's eyes um and in chicago it kind of tangentially also affected the drag scene that was so, a big word thank you You're welcome uh <laughs> oh, what well, up yes honey that was a five dollar word it affected the drag community in Chicago. Um, you guys had a giant march, um, and now you have the Black Drag Council. Um, do you gotta? I would love to hear your thoughts and how kind of things evolved for you, um, being in the thick of all of it. Um, yeah, I mean everything is um, well. Okay, so everything is really going good with the drag council. Um, we we meet. We really try to. Uh, Everybody has their own like positions and chairs that they do. Um, I'm a liaison, so I really try to network out with other black girls and other communities, other state lines to try to help them create a council there. You know, we have mm-hmm. a handbook we've created so we ha- can kind of help everyone like, you know, get all that lined up so there's no confusion. And, you know, cause it's a lot when you really are doing something like this and there's a lot of responsibility and a lot of like, you know, you need a lot of help. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really been good and it's really been fun to like unify that way as, as black people in this scene that really work at the top of all what we do, DJing, bartending, managing, performing, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's really like fun to like all of us to come together and like use our brains for that. Um, yeah, Chicago just, I think that with as great of the scene that Chicago is there, I think for a lot, for a while was very much like gate just gatekeeping going on and that's a very common thing that happens within that's an entertainment period and i think that it just came to a head it came to a head when we had the drag march and um that was where i think it was a lot i spoke there shakulay spoke vixen um lucy stool miss Toto. we had a lot of the allies a lot of the other people who worked in the establishment speak and tell their stories and i think that that was the moment where you saw um, kind of like the door finally kind of the gate being open because it was a lot of people who worked in the bars and the establishments but they were telling their story and they were naming the bars and they were naming the establishments and they were naming the people and um, I think it was a big eye opener for the entire scene of Chicago and then we had a town hall meeting and that kind of was like you know Pandora's box was open during that mm-hmm. um, and I think ever since there's just now been a conversation like I think a lot of the bars are really trying to figure out how to navigate like you know years and years and years of i guess what they would consider as normal but for not all of like for you know for someone who's black that's you know i, I work in boys town and i'm a staple in boys town and i even had to go on record and say i get very scared to come work here you know because of past experiences or things that i know other people who are black have experienced or they experience it, but I don't experience it because I'm used as a token, you know, it's really, it's, it's been a lot of doors that have been open. Like it's a lot, of, a lot of questions and conversation that is still being had, you know, mm-hmm. and people, it makes people uncomfortable, but I say, let's have the conversation, you know, because, and maybe because I'm black and that's just how it is. But it's like, <laughs> you know, this is my life. And so, you know, this is my life and this is, this is what I have to deal with every day. So this is not a conversation that I don't mind having every day because I go through it every day, you know? Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been, it's, it's going good, you know? And also I think it helps that 
this year has just really been like a time for no one to be open. Um, I think it gives the, the bars, and this is really every bar around the world, it gives everything a chance for everyone to really examine what's going on mm-hmm. on the sales floor, on the dance floor, on the bar floor, and really assess how they can navigate so people can feel comfortable um, and welcomed in establishments because that is, you know, you know, in the gay community, we're all just a bunch of judgy gays, you know? So it's like, you know. We, we are. Yeah. We really are. You know, and, 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 you know, <laughs> and, and so you, at least, like, let's just stick to judging clothes and, you know, being sh- and being light shade and not having to be so stereotypical and, and disrespectful. So mm-hmm. I think right now, just, I would hope that, um, I would hope all the bars around the world are doing this, but I know Chicago, that that is something that kind of, I have a little in and talking to a few managers here and there and there. Uh, they're all scared, but they're also like, we're trying to assess like what, how we really fix this issue because it is an issue. And sometimes I don't think people who, um, who work at bars really understand that um, a lot of times it's your patrons or it could be customers that really, ex- you know, make these people feel not welcome and mm-hmm. not necessarily the bar staff, you know? And so that's something that I've been having conversations with, with some of the bars is that, you know, it's not here who you work at the bar. I love everybody who I work with here at the bar. It's the, it's the customers. Sometimes you have to um, educate your customers that that type of behavior and that type of love and hate is not like welcome here, you know? So, Mm -hmm. so it's just, it's a lot, but. It, but like you said, it's easier to, it's better to have the uncomfortable conversation so that we can all grow and be more accepting and more loving to each other, as opposed to another 20 years from now, a whole group of people feeling not uh, prolonging black people, not feeling good enough or welcomed or anything like that. To me, it scares me. It scares me that any of my friends would ever feel that way. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Excuse me. I say that as a white person, but you know, that's how I feel. I feel I, I would hate if I made anyone feel uncomfortable like that. So the company that I work for last week did an entire week um, uh, called Inclusion Week. Um, and one of the sessions that I attended, which I thought was really powerful, was on microaggressions. I want to say it was something like microaggressions, colon, you talk really well, which is sounds absolutely terrible. But the whole thing was uh, that, you know, things that you say might come across to someone else as something really bad. So you should really consider and think about what you're trying to say, the whole, the point I'm trying to say is that you need to listen and think about what you're saying before you say something. No, keep going. It's fun. (laughs) Well, no, I do agree. It is like, uh, well, first of all, that was very well said. Oh, well, thank Uh, you. I, um, you do do speak really well. uh, I do think it's important to have these conversations because, you know, even when we were doing the drag march, it was, um, it was very hard for me to even like fight. Like it was hard for me to hold my tears in because I was just, here we are during this drag march, uh, thousands of people and and literally I'm sitting on like Halstead in the middle of Halstead, you know, because they had a whole setup and I'm just, in my mind, I'm thinking like, I thought about Taj. I was like, there's so many other black entertainers that have had to perform on the strip that probably thought this would never mm-hmm. be talked about or never happen. And here it is, I'm sitting as a person who's going to speak in front of all these people and it was it was a lot. It was it it took me. It was a conversation I'd had with um, Lucy and Shay. I remember telling them that like it's taken me a minute to really like have to really uh, 
be happy that these are, this is the conversation that's being had right now. It took me a minute because I, you know, when you spend so much time talking about this, you know, I've always talked about specifically within entertainment and drag and how black mm -hmm. girls are treated. Uh, you know, I've been one of those girls that's always talked about that. And so mm -hmm. when it finally hits and then the conversation is being had, I'm just, I was so exhausted from all fighting that fight. It was like, I was so happy that um, everyone else finally came and like said, we got you, we got you, take a breath. You mm -hmm. know, and that's what mm -hmm. kind of all this experience really in Chicago has been able to do is because now I get to sit on the council and now I get to really, really facilitate, uh, facilitate and help make certain moves happen. It's really cool. It's really, really cool. That's awesome. Um, and so part of my job is a liaison. So I try to reach out to other uh, entertainers and performers um, in other states to, to see if they can start their own council. Um, you know, we've created like a handbook to kind of help uh people who want to start their own councils, like, this is how you do it. This is how we set everything up. And, you know, it's, it's been, it's been, it's been a lot of work, but it's been really fun too. Yeah. That's incredible that you're also reaching out and empowering other cities yeah. and other groups. I mean, it needs to happen. This conversation, it, it definitely needs to happen. And while mm -hmm. it is uncomfortable, sometimes it's easier to have that uncomfortable conversation up front and then everything kind of falls, you know, mm -hmm. everything kind of, is able to be discussed and everything is brought to light. Sorry. What? Can you not hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can hear you, but it doesn't sound the same. So just talking to the microphone, ma'am. <laughs> how, how long have we been hosting this podcast? Six months. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm glad that stuff is finally moving in the right direction um, and conversations. And I always feel bad for my friends that don't feel comfortable. Or like you said, like are you afraid to tell your friends about going? Like I always, it always bothers me because I don't ever want to make anyone feel that way. And I know as a white person, that's easier said than done. Um, but mm -hmm. I feel like Mike and I are trying to do our part for sure. Um, but that's, that's what we can do. That's, that's the easiest way to start is to help throw our support and name and everything into mm -hmm. it as well. I look at it as um, like a kind of a rehab thing. The first step is admitting that there's the problem. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people are uncomfortable admitting that there is still blatant racism. There isn't that there's mm -hmm. still baked in social norms that are problematic. Mm -hmm. So admitting that first is like, I think the most important step. And I think the country as a whole right now is really kind of admitting that problem. Mm -hmm. um, That's why important. it's important to vote as well. Yeah. Vote, vote, vote. Yes, it is. Vote, yes. vote, 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 vote. Um, yes, yes, yes. Last thing. So have you, as bars start to open up again in Chicago, have you noticed any changes? Are things moving in the right direction? Um, I, bars are opening up very slowly and I have like noticed definite, I have noticed like some changes in some of the bars where um, they, they are doing their, you know, they're, they're doing their sensitivity training or they are really starting to have these conversations or even asking questions about, you know, uh, you know, I, you know, I have a friend of mine who actually, he manages one of the bars on Halstead and he calls me often just to get my advice about stuff. Cause he just doesn't know, like, you know, he's so, I think he, you know, he just doesn't know what is wrong or right. So he's just mm -hmm. kind of like, I need your advice on this. Um, so really, that's just the biggest thing is just like having the uncomfortable conversation, you know, and also that's another thing. It's just it makes it's very uncomfortable for people, I think, to talk about race. But I think 
as someone being black, it's not uncomfortable for me to talk about race because this is my life. It mm-hmm. literally goes into every aspect of my life, my career, my everyday, going to the store, going to the shopping mall, wherever. Like, you know, it goes in. It's always a topic of conversation when it, when it comes to this black mm-hmm. person. So um, I think that it's just really having those uncomfortable conversations, you know, and really making sure that by next year of summer next year, if everything can be opened and not necessarily back to normal, because we are definitely all changed in the world <laughs> with yeah. 2020. But uh, when we, when you know, when next year maybe things open up a little bit more and they get back to a little bit more of a regular schedule, um, hopefully they'll be ready for anything, you know, to handle anything. Because you know, mm-hmm. there that those type of people are still going to exist and still try to come in and assert their behavior because they don't think that they're the problem. You know, right? So, that is so frustrating. It's, it's, um, it's, well, at yeah. least there's some progress. Um, and I think let's take a quick break. Yeah. Okay. Cause I have to pee. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. bow, bow. Excuse me. <laughs> and we're back. We're back from our potty break. We crossed streams. We did. Thank you for holding mine. Oh my god. <laughs> welcome back, Dita, and welcome to the show. Princess. Hi. Hi y'all. Hello. Hello. Hi How- Tammy. Hi Mike. Hi, Hi Dita. Did you Hi, enjoy- Princess. <laughs> Princess, did you enjoy the snacks in the green room? Yes. <laughs> it's so lush in there. Isn't it? The velvet couch is my favorite. You're welcome. Do you know how much cum is on that couch? Uh, I a wonder lot. why it was a little crunchy. It was- monster. Oh, oh. We used to have a Not leather couch, crashing. but you'd stick to it. Oh. Or get pregnant, either one. You would think that that would be easier to clean. Clean? Oh, sorry. <laughs> clean? Uh, no. Not here. Not on this day. We just buy a new one. <laughs> Toss that one out. With yeah. our podcast money? Yeah. <laughs> it does feel like a little bit of a surprise because like, I literally haven't heard anything y'all have talked about yet, so... <laughs> I'm here. I'm part of the convo. Girl, you know I was going to town. We I was just, to I, Of course you were. <laughs> I, but I, I did it. Uh, but we're we're obviously here, or I'm here joining you because uh, we're going to talk about uh, the most famous lip sync of all time. Wouldn't Stop you say it. it is? Not Stop because not because we're in it, but it really is. But uh, I can it we really go back is. to uh, Dita being left out of the video? Can we touch on that again? Because um, oh, the Drag Race video, the only th- I, I just want to, I guess, share or whatever bullshit I have to say about it but like when I saw that like my heart sank like for you you know what I mean like like that it makes absolutely no sense and I'm offering nothing to this part of the conversation I just wanted to put out there that like because I I tweeted with you but like we haven't spoken about it like they have all the room to promote everybody everybody but you purposely you purposely leave people out and it makes absolutely no sense to me and it's and it's like and I think you can agree with this really quickly, Princess, isn't it? It's not. It's like it makes you mad, but it makes you almost so mad to the point where you're like sad. Like it's like that's why people end up quitting or like wanting to take a break or like uh-huh. like because it's like it's it doesn't even it makes you raging mad, but it, but instead of like going off right, don't it? That, it just makes you like sad. Like damn, my feelings is hurt. Yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, it's just, and it's so. Uh, 
and, and, you know, we were, you know, however many moons ago, but it's, you still feel a part of something and for them to leave you out of something so significant, it's like, I literally fuck you you know and 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 i kind of heard a little bit because they had the the thing turned out um i heard you saying how you're always very respectful you're always you know you you've always done what they've asked of you and just to do something simple like that Mm -hmm. is is you know to include somebody it doesn't cost anything it doesn't you know it's like what what for but anyway we don't we don't have to harp on that it sucks doesn't it yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) no i appreciate it girl so thank you for that like i appreciate that so much sister because you know it's like that type of stuff because you also know like you know me very well we've worked together for years in chicago and you know that as as much of a like a cool person i am to be around there is like a part of me that is like, that hurts, that yeah. hurts me. Like, you know, I am sensitive. I'm a Sagittarius. I'm yeah. like sensitive. I'm well, girl, I'm a Pisces and we're the most sensitive one out of all of them, me so. Too. God, see? Yeah. see? And they it's wouldn't think that looking at us, girl. They would not think that. Um, but also speaking of Chicago drag, do you kind of miss the days of, of back in the day of like, I hate to, put it out there but spin remember like those were like uh, i hate to be that old queen but like those were the no, days like, you know i'll tell you right now the kids all the little kids they have no idea now they have, they no, have idea. no idea but they've heard like about spin and they literally are like yeah. i wish i was alive during spin days i wish i could have lived through spin days i heard about spin yeah spin. those were those were iconic girl. yeah like Dita- they were truly iconic on the side of the building, uh, weekly, giant, show, like, giant was, on the side of the building. So there was a club was, called Spin back in the day, and Dita and I, Dita and I had our had our own show, and it was called the uh, Playhouse, right? It was Playhouse, Playhouse, we had Dragzilla together. Dra- oh my God, Dragzilla! Together. Yeah, I mean, we were like, and that was like this. That was like pre Drag Race. The Drag Race was not uh-huh. around, but like. You know, it was like during the time, that's how drag was. It was like, if your face, if you could be a big on a poster, uh-huh. like the bar took you seriously, the community took you seriously, yep. you could go out into the world and represent the community. Like it was a thing. And our faces weekly. Our it was entire like, bodies. Giant. Entire body, like yeah. just gigantic photos of us. And they were, it was, it was, it was a moment well, of and time. It was, that, it was before Instagram. It was before Twitter. It was before all that stuff. And so that's how you promoted yourself and your show. And the bar was giant posters, you know. And in, flyers. Yeah. You would hand out flyers. We'd walk down the street and hand out flyers. Oh, my God. Yeah. I wanted to bring you guys together so you could talk about your infamous list. I love, how, I love how Mike said I wanted to because it's his show and I'm just here. <laughs> well, you fuck up the most, so it is, it is Mike's podcast. <laughs> you, we'll put your name back on it when you talk into the microphone. <laughs> I'm just how about kidding. we'll put your name back on it when that records all the way? <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. Um, right, now that that's out. <laughs> anyways. One of the most iconic lip syncs ever. I think Definitely. the most for Natalie sure. Cole, for me. This will be. What was that like for the two of you? Do you remember it? Has it been too long? Um, I, I I remember it only because we get tagged in it probably nine times a week, whether it's on Instagram or Twitter, um, you know, on fan accounts or whatever. People are constantly tagging us in those things, so it's never going away, <laughs> ever. <laughs> What was it like for both of you to perform that song in front of Natalie Cole? What 
I'll go first because uh, mine is negative and yours is very positive. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I just I just mean that to be that, uh, you know, I was in the bottom the first episode. Mm-hmm. The second episode, I had to lip sync against LaShawn. So going into the third episode, I knew they wanted me out of there. So I knew I was going to I already knew I was going to lip sync. I had walked the runway in the same exact outfit that RuPaul had on. So that was already that was <gasps> that on my was brain. kind of iconic, too. We both had silver hooded capes on and um i i just knew it was it was it was my time and then on top of it we all knew what the lip sync was it was natalie cole's this will be and natalie cole is going to be there there's no way i'm (laughs) staying this week so uh going up against uh uh dita um so that that was my that was my experience going into it what about you, Dita? <laughs> uh, I, you know, I mean, I same. I was in the bottom, and that was very like devastating. And I felt like having to perform the song in front of the artist was very like nerve wracking because like I've watched my drag mother do this song. I've heard that song on like commercials on TV, so it's like, oh my god. E-Hermony. And it also was just like. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, that that song is pretty around everywhere. So I was like, and I had never really performed music like that. I had always been kind of like a little bit more, you know, youthful and whatever. And so it was Nicki Minaj and stuff like that. And so I really, it was a test of just like being able to perform another type of genre song. But it was also like the moment, like I I didn't see it for the moment it is now. Everyone loves watching it and I see why they love it because it is a great, moment to watch but at the time I was like I can't believe like I was very like upset (laughs) like I was very upset and I think that that's what I just kind of like broke through was that and also like going up against princess you know like I'm princess and I knew each other before um the show and I think the idea of having to compete against her was very hard for me because I respected her and I knew that she is a respectful, like respected on drag figure in the community and in, in the industry. So it was like, damn, I have to go up against like, you know, a friend and somebody who also who is respected and I'm new to drag. So that was hard. But, you but know, you, I think she even understands, you know, oh, but then you fucking killed it. Like you slayed it. Like mm-hmm. and uh, I, this is I hope the only time that I say this, but from the first time we recorded this, we found out that Dita did not pin in that wig and she was oh, shaking right. the shit out that of that wig. wig back and forth. And it, stu- and it stayed on. It stayed not on, girl. Not pin, girl. Not on pin, The girl. drag gods and were on your so side. I know. I was just like, man, like, this is, this is insane. I do remember, like, that is one of the most vivid memories I have, like, really rememberable. Like, I remember that performance, and I don't remember a lot of performances. I love that. I lo- Do you remember, and I can't remember if it was the first uh, drag con in New York or if it was um, for, uh, like, either a finale of or a premiere of another season, but there was a company that wanted you and I to recreate that on stage in front of people do you remember that i briefly remember that i i I, we clearly didn't do it um yeah like i like i briefly remember something about that but i didn't 
I don't like remember clearly everything about, but I do remember like that idea being brought up. Yeah. And the only thing that I could was thinking the whole time was like, well, because it was still new. It wasn't even like a year old that that it happened. And I was like, and you want me to relive that? What is wrong with <laughs> yeah. you? On top, of the, on top of the fact that they weren't going to pay money, they were going to give us like product. And I think it was, this is so weird, but I think it was an eyeglass company, which for you, you wear glasses. It may have been a good thing, but like, I don't wear glasses. So yeah, but come on, like but, not yeah. even like fresh, like some come coin on now. or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, like come on. But I just really remember that performance being there on that stage with RuPaul and like you know them and all the handkerchiefs. And at one point, I they never showed it, but I, at one point I like hit the ground because I I was really having a hard time. And I think Princess, you knew that too. I was having a hard time just being in a competition. I had never been in a competition before. You know what I mean, like. I, I was in one competition, like I said, and then I was able to kind of just start working through really uh, having Taj as my drag mother. But to be in like a, a, a kind of pressure cooker situation like that, where money's involved and it's a competition with really uh, uh, other great uh, entertainers who have been performing, it's it's nerve wracking. So it's very nerve wracking, and it's, uh, I I don't know how you went into it into the whole competition itself, the show itself. I didn't go into it thinking, okay, I'm going to play a part on TV. I didn't mm-hmm. go into it thinking, uh, this, no. is a, this is a game and I'm here to compete. I literally was just going to do drag. That that was my only mindset. Like, go and just show show off what you do. And, oh, shit, I'm going to say yeah. it again. Dita said it last week when we recorded. You said they picked us for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going there for the yeah. reason that you picked me to mm-hmm. show off my drag. And then you get there and you're like, you, you have somebody like a Willem who's like, Oh no, she came here to be a character on yeah. TV. That was so far <laughs> yes. outside of my realm. I wasn't thinking like that. And then you had Fifi who went there to play a game. Like she knew she was there for a competition. That was so far outside of my realm. Mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking that way. I was just like, I'm going to be the princess. Yeah. And they're like, no, you're going to go home. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we like you in the video, but we don't want to do it. It is. Yeah. I can't, like, and Princess, I think you can, like, it, like agree to this. There is something so terrifying when you see people turn on like that in front of a camera. Like, when you talk about Willem and you talk about, like, Fifi, like, how when the camera is there, like, there is, like, the turn on of, like, just how we all kind of click when the red light's on. And it is terrifying when you see that in a competition setting sometimes because you're just like, oh, my God, like, they it's, know it's, it's almost like you shrivel up a little bit. It's yeah. it's it's terrifying to 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 be in that type of uh, experience, like especially at like I was like, what, 24 years old. But but I will say uh, where where I didn't get the chance to be able to turn that on, you because you stayed longer, had that chance. And you did that every time you walked into the workroom because what did you say? Cheesecake! Cheesecake. You know what I mean? And so you you picked it up really fast. You're like, oh shit, here we go. Camera's on. I'm I'm going to throw that out there, you know? Yeah, and there's the start. Is, is that's and I get where you're coming from because like I'm a bit like princess. Like I'm like I'm an introvert. Like I'm just I'm kind mm-hmm. of an introvert. Like I I let the work speak for itself. I don't want to do all the crazy talking. And so, but when you're put in that situation where you have to talk and you have to brag, it kind of is hard. It's like an oxymoron because, like, like I said, everyone is in everyone in 
drag and, and, and entertainment is like egotistical. Like we all like to, we all like to be like, we're the shit, right? So well, I, when it's time to actually me. say that, sometimes it's scary to actually say that. <laughs> I was going to say some of us more than others. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I try to wear my merch everywhere I go. There's monster. a cat in here and you know I can't handle it. I know, stop it. <laughs> I'm um, trying to keep him away from pee because she's allergic it's, to cats. It's fine. Um, and I want to play with a cat. What the fuck was I going to say? Oh, why did you say cheesecake when you walked in? Yeah. <laughs> oh, because it's from Paris is Burning. And oh, okay. there's a part in there where they say, you know, cheesecake. Some of you seem to be confused what I mean when I say cheesecake. Not only must you have a body, but you must be sexy. Mm-hmm. So it was literally, we watched... Paris, Princess, do you remember this? We watched Paris is Burning yes, and girl. Strangers with Candy. And what was and we watched RuPaul's Star, movie? Star Booty. Star Booty, yeah. Star Booty. We watched those movies one night, and literally, I'm the type of person that, like, which is the most, this can be very annoying about me, is that if I hear a saying or somebody says something, I just start repeating it randomly. Oh, like, weird. over I don't know and over for, like, like you know... <laughs> Kind of like, you know, you think about Gia Gunn, she does that a lot. Like, she'll hear something and then, like, repeat it. Anyways, um, I I just kept repeating cheesecake, and Willem was actually one who kept telling me, say cheesecake, girl, just keep saying cheesecake. And I was like, okay. So I just kept saying cheesecake, and it clicked it, like, at that point, like, oh, the cameras. And, you know, when you're, like I said, when you're there, you don't think about how the reality show is going to look. You just are like, mm-hmm. I'm there to film the reality. But speaking of Paris is Burning and Star Booty and Strangers with Candy, um, the first, I want to I don't know if they continued after our season, if they, if season five had, I think I, I think I remember Alaska saying that season five had to do it. Uh, and I think they stopped then. But the fact that the producers made us watch that show, watch all of those, they put us all into a room and said, you are going to watch, watch these things all together for those of you who haven't seen it or for those who aren't familiar with it. Like that is part of drag one one That is where it comes from. That is what she was. She was showing you, uh, especially from her movie, the camp side of it, you know, all that stuff that, um, especially nowadays, I hate to be that person, but the kids nowadays they have, don't know have no clue about, about yeah. a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but especially, especially Paris is burning. But I feel like now that you know the show on HBO, um, Pose. Uh, no, the other one on HBO, uh, Legendary. Legendary, Legendary, yeah. Um, and those things, I think it's coming back into the zeit- the gay zeitgeist or drag zeitgeist. But um, but yeah, I, I just I just all that to say, I think it was really cool that the producers were like, no, y'all are gonna watch this. That's kind of they neat really sat y'all down that. and were like, we're gonna watch movie uh, yeah. time. Wow, yeah. that's pretty cool. So it was summer camp. Three movies <laughs> in a row. In a row, yeah. <laughs> in a row. I don't have that attention span. In I can't a row, sit girl. Still. <laughs> Um, so you said when the cameras clicked on, pe- certain people would just turn it on. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think of that that would happen, that they would just kind of do it. That, w- I, that would be well, terrifying and that's what you're to see to someone do. do. You know, like you're, sub- you're supposed to like turn on that for the camera. You know, there's no shade there, but it's just interesting how like Willem specifically really has worked in entertainment. She was an actor. She was an extra. She's done all her work to build up to who she is, but like, she she's really was putting in that work and she just knew how to like mm-hmm. take in that moment on camera. And I was always so impressed with that because mm-hmm. she just like, it was, I learned a few things from that, just watching her and being like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing. Like I see, you know? Yeah. So, but it's just interesting. It's, it can be kind of scary when you're in a, you're just in a situation where it's like a competition and you're like, oh my God, this is going to be on TV and all that stuff <laughs> running through your head, you know? 
you feeling like you living in the TV too. Yeah. You like, oh my god. <laughs> what were your first confessionals like? What was that? Because that's got to be strange to just be like, okay, you're going to talk about this on camera. Um, uh, go uh, ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, I feel like I'm talking so much. I don't know why. I know it's a podcast. <laughs> you're supposed to talk. I just like I'm talking so damn much. Um, <laughs> I, mine were actually really memorable because um, Jacqueline Wilson, who. Uh, was the head story producer and she uh she passed away actually recently like mm-hmm. a while back and she was actually my uh the person who always interviewed and talked to me and she was really warm and I felt like I could like it was like therapy so it was you know it was like be moments she would ask you heated questions and you knew you had to answer them but then there'd be moments where like you felt like you were just talking to a friend and I feel like they do that really well when they do those like setups for those interviews and those confessionals, like they really try to match people who will get along mm-hmm. and uh, vibe. I don't know. Princess, did you feel like you vibed really well with your mine was Shannon and Shannon was cool as fuck. I loved her a lot. Yeah. yeah. Shannon was cool. I do remember. Yeah. She was really fucking cool. Um, uh, it, it it just it felt like what this is right now, just oh, okay. like sitting in a room with somebody and just shooting the shit other than the fact there was, a bright light on you and you were in a frame and you know, all that stuff. But other than that, it was, it was totally fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it didn't feel awkward or whatever. Do you, um, I have, I've always wondered this, like when you're filming the confessionals, like you're in the same outfit. So are you doing it after you go home or no, it was, it, they, we always, you always film the confessionals after immediately after the day is done. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> right. They would even sometimes uh, pull you out of uh, working in the workroom or whatever uh, to do the confessional. And that's where I want to jump in. I don't know if I've ever told this story before, but if you remember from the first episode when we uh, got all the junk out of like a dumpster or whatever, and we had to make our own outfits for the for the uh, RuPocalypse. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ru came around and told me that she did not like my original outfit that I was making. It was a corset and it had like uh-huh. some mesh on the sides. It was very like ballerina black swan kind of mm-hmm. thing. And she was like, I don't like it. And I've never before then or since then have ever seen her say that she doesn't like an outfit with no explanation behind it. So it was clearly producer made to like fuck with me or whatever. Uh She said that. And what they do, they pulled me out to go do a confessional (gasps) for 45 minutes. And then Uh, I'm supposed to do. I'm in the confessional going. Okay, she hates my outfit. I want to be back downstairs. I don't give a shit about talking to the producer right now. Right. Right. I need to work on my outfit. So I, I'm there, you know, they ask you questions. Sometimes they tell you to say certain things or whatever. And so then I, I speed through the confessional as fast as I can. I ran downstairs to back to the workroom and I spit out that Waterworld outfit in less than a half hour. That's and then insane. walk the runway. Looked amazing, by the way. Looked I like, love that outfit. Looked like nobody else on the runway for them to be like, nah. Yeah, I... I made two outfits in the time that everybody worked right. on one outfit. Yeah. Your whites and that's, too white. Uh-huh. And that's that's just me brushing yeah. off my own shoulders. Like, I'm, I'm that good at yeah. what I can do. Mm-hmm. And it just shows you that... And I hate to say it, the editing makes you look mm-hmm. a certain way so that the audience reacts a certain way, too. Yeah. But, um, yeah. That's frustrating, because... 
now when you want like that you want to celebrate that that person did something different like they yeah. celebrated Sharon for that reason like she yeah. did zombie why couldn't you also think end of the world water world nobody why does it have to be defined as something world. dirty and gross like yeah. why is that yeah i don't know there will be cleaning products in the future hopefully <laughs> <laughs> okay i also love that uh we <laughs> Uh, Mike and Tracy brought us together to talk about our lip sync, and we we touched on it just a little we'll bit. That's what, but that's yes. what we want, though. We want like yes. we want y'all to have fun. So, well, I will say this. I will say this. I I don't know if you remember, Princess. Remember one night when you were here in Chicago, and I had asked you about it because I felt like we both were there. But I get a lot of attention for it because I think the editing. Because it shows me a lot more mm-hmm. in during the lip sync and the editing than it shows you. And I remember I asked you. I said, "Do I was like, how, I was like, do you, I have like, are you are you okay with that? Like, how do you feel?" Because I had never really asked that question to you before. But I remember you being cool about it. But I remember saying like, "I want to talk to you about this. I would love to talk about it publicly." Because I think for a while people thought me and you didn't get along and right. all that. And it has never, like, we have never had any issue. We've always been, we've, you know, like I said before the show, I, my prior memory to being on the show, I remember hanging out with you like a month prior to that mm-hmm. and talking about drag and fashion and pageantry and right. all that. So I always wanted to talk about the lip sync and, you know, see how you felt because I always feel like with the editing it shows me a lot more than it shows you oh it definitely does and not until we came to report this podcast did I have I watched it because like we said earlier we get tagged in that stuff but I never look at it because we get tagged in it all the time so you don't (laughs) need to look at it every time but I went and watched the whole thing they never show me by myself I'm only in the frame with Dita during the lip sync, and that mm-hmm. they they show Dita by herself, but then um, then they show the two of us together. But you never see a solo shot of me. So no matter how hard I worked, it didn't matter because they're not going to show you that. Because I don't know if you remember this. There's one part where I got on the ground. I did this like move. It wasn't like a death drop, but it was like a something where like i i dropped to my knees and i like went backwards mm-hmm. you only see me getting up from that you don't even uh, see me oh. see me doing what i was doing and like mm-hmm. like um it's so it, it, dita rightfully won she worked her ass off for it uh and i will give her props till the end of the time for that mm-hmm. but at the same time they didn't they didn't show how hard i worked i wish they did well. i wish they did like the the shot like one not a split screen but like able to see both entertainers just watch the full stage yeah Yeah, i want to watch the whole thing i don't whenever it's happening like i'm not i don't want to see just one person i want to see what the other one's doing too even if it's terrible yeah yeah Yeah. no because let's be honest some of those lip syncs that are terrible are great (laughs) (laughs) when uh i just remember vivian (laughs) panay when they did oops i did it again it was just like cringy and i lived for it Slight topic change, but what do y'all think when you watch the show now being veterans? Well, there's such a formula that now it's getting antiquated and it's old and and almost not, it's not as fun to watch. You know what I mean? Because you already know how it's going to go. You know who's going to play what part. And it's like, can we change it? And it's the same challenges every season, you know? And it's like, Mm -hmm. change that stuff up. I personally want to see more more sewing challenges. And like, even like, you know, like, I don't know how to style a wig, but even like 
a wig, like just different types of challenges that really like sit in the, like in what drag is, like what we do. We all, and we all know how to act. We all know how to sing. Even if we don't know how to sing, we all know how to get in front of a microphone and, and yell obnoxiously. Like those are very easy. It's like, let's get into like the creativity of what drag queens are supposed to bring. And I do feel like that is one of the elements that is missing uh, from the show is, is, is like, we don't get to see drag queens or drag performers be creative. We're supposed to be creative beings. Mm -hmm. Like that is what like it is. I don't know. I I agree. And now, (laughs) now you have people who are just watching the show and only becoming drag queens because they want to be on the show Mm -hmm. and there's nothing Mm -hmm. creative about it. It's, it's what you said. It's the fame and all of that stuff. So now it's like, well, I want to be a drag queen so I can be on TV and be famous. What, that's not why you and I and Tracy got into it. We, because we like to be women, <laughs> right? Like, girl, like, I no, I just, but I always find, and I've even seen this now with the quarantine, is that um, this is this drag right now in quarantine, and like the fact that like girls can't travel and girls ain't getting booked like crazy, and really is put it back in like this evil playing, like even playing field. You really have seen like who the queens who rise from all this and the queens who are like kind of like you can tell like honey that Instagram picture is cute, but I see through them cracks, honey. You, yeah. you stressed. You stressed right now. Yeah. So you definitely see who is like being like who can take being in this industry and being the creative, like, you know, artistic uh side of that that is very important in drag. I really get upset when people take out the creativity in drag and they don't allow, or they think it's whack for a queen. Like, oh, well, she's too busy. She's doing it. I have, I have rhinestoned and mini garments in an airport, my damn self. <laughs> I have packed my sewing machine and sewn something up really quick, really quick in the hotel room before I got to go. I have done it because That's I how you really do feel it. like you, you have to be able to do that. It's nice to get things made. It's nice to have, you know, things done for you. There's nothing wrong with that. But if that is, if that is your entire wardrobe, then what did you do? Yeah. Like what, like, like what, you know what I mean? Like, what did you do? Um, so y'all knew each other before going to drag race. What was it like seeing each other in the workroom? Did I assume, did y'all tell each other or not? No. Uh, so if you, if you watch my entrance, um, when I walk into the workroom, I do this like gay gasp and I'm uh, genuinely surprised to see Dita and Fifi there because I'd known them and worked with them mm-hmm. uh, for, you know, however long I was in Chicago before that. So that's a genuine like, oh, my God, there are people here I know because I expected to know no one right. in the room. So, yeah. Um, but I, I know, Dita, you can tell your story. You and Fifi had talked, right? Yeah, yeah, no, Fifi and I had talked because, like, you know, no shade, Fifi was going around telling people, like, you know, kind of ducking and, you know, during the spin days, you know, <laughs> and all that. And so I was like, um, I had overheard her say say something to someone else about, you know, I got on and he was like, finally, I'll know someone that's on the show. And I had turned and looked at her and I said, because we, le- we were leaving like on a Sunday or something like that. And I had said, oh, you're going to Drag Race? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, I'll see you there. <laughs> and I think she was more gagged. I think like you had a gen- like princess, you were very genuine. I think Fifi was like gagged. She was like, oh, really? Like she, I don't think she expected it, but yeah, like we had talked about it and uh, we knew kind of like, at least like we were going to be cool with each other because 
you know, what America saw, I had I already knew that was there all along. So what do you mean? Like her Fifi's personality or what are we talking? Oh yeah, like her personality. Oh, okay. we, yeah, and when she's like I know she's like super competitive. So like I already knew all that was gonna come out like crazy being there. So I had already like we kinda had already had like a a, a kind of common understanding of like you know, you'll play your game, I'll play my game, and that's mm-hmm. what we'll do, you know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we, I, I didn't, I was, I was genuinely shocked that the princess was there, too. I was like, oh, I was like, good, it's three of us. I'm excited. There's a fond memory. I don't know if you remember this, princess. I remember go, uh, being at your apartment and watching, watching music videos, watching the Janet Jackson music video. Okay, here's a moment. So, watching the Janet Jackson music video of it, and we were watching If I Get So Lonely, and she has the Terry Moo Blair dress on. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh my God, that's Terry Moo Blair. And you were like, what? And I was like, yeah, like, that's Terry Moo Blair, girl. That's like, da, da, da. And she's like, and you know, Princess is a fashionista herself. Like, Princess knows my fashion. And that was always our connection. We would always talk about the shows. And uh-huh. so I, um, I remember saying, yeah, that's Terry Moo Blair, girl. I've seen that dress before. Like, and she's like, no. So then Princess goes and pulls out her coffee table book of Terry Moo Blair, and she opens it up. And I'm like, this dress right here. And she's like, girl, I did not even notice that. And I'm like, oh, I don't play with fashion, girl. And that was like one of our first moments I remember like really bonding, like hanging out and I talking, think- just getting to know each other. Didn't we watch um, pageant videos too? I swear All we watched. All day, yeah, yes. We watched yeah. like we watched like every pageant tape you probably owned. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. And we were just talking about the industry and all, yeah, it was yeah. I did we smoke too? I'm pretty sure we oh, probably absolutely. smoked. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I blame absolutely. Dita for any fuzziness I ever had during <laughs> during my during my Chicago days. I take all responsibility. <laughs> she created a monster. <laughs> Um, so to kind of close this out, what was your favorite moment? I think I said mine earlier. Mine is just like seeing Regina King and Loretta Devine mm-hmm. still to this day. Mm-hmm. Just seeing them in person. I was just like, still, <laughs> I still like, still, like, still see that moment. Loretta Devine sitting there during yeah. like Snatch Game and laughing and giggling at everything that was going on. Because you remember our Snatch Game was crazy as hell. So... Uh, it was just a lot of like craziness and she was just like like giggling and laughing like oh my god and it was mm-hmm. just she was the cutest <laughs> um i i i kind of have two different ones um my the first one is do you remember the very first episode when we went to the haunted motel to do uh the the when the during the rupocalypse and the zombies came out yes. and we had to film but they didn't tell us who the zombies were, and the zombies were previous contestants of Drag Race oh, yeah. in in zombie drag. And mm-hmm. so, like, we're filming, and they they say action, and like we're like supposed to act scared around these zombies. And but all of a sudden, you see all of the contestants, the season four contestants' faces light up, like, oh my god, that's so so <laughs> that's that's Russia, uh-huh. that that's Delta, that's yeah. you know that's Raven. <laughs> like we're freaking out because. Morgan, there, you know, because we're seeing mm-hmm. these girls, we, we don't immediately recognize them, but we're like, holy shit, you know. <laughs> so then we have to cut and redo uh-huh. it, and I'm like, oh my god, because to me at the time they were, you know, celebrities or whatever, because mm-hmm. they were on the previous season. Um, but then the second one, Dita, do you remember when uh, we went on the Rosie O'Donnell show? Um, it was uh, Oprah oh, in, in yeah. Oprah's studio. RuPaul was the guest on Rosie's show, but then me, Fifi, and Dita all sat in the audience, and then Ru called us out. Well, then during, I can't remember, the show was had completed, or 
like the, it was over or it was a commercial break or whatever, but RuPaul had come down and spoken to us. I, I remember having the conversation with her like it was yesterday because it was the first, last, and only time I've ever spoken to her. So right. like that, like that, mm-hmm. that is one of my favorite moments of, of Drag Race. It, yeah, it's no, awesome. it's so funny you said that because I feel like that's my only time I've ever had with Ru too where it's been yeah. like really genuine. And like I was, I mean, I still am. I've always been thankful for her choosing us to be able to be a part of that and be on the show. Mm-hmm. And um, I I always, I that's the one thing that I always say, and I don't know if Princess, you can agree, I wish that I had more of, because she is filled, I know she's filled with so much knowledge. It's just like, you wish you could, you could talk to her. Tap into it, yeah. She is, yeah, she's, she's greatness. And I think that that, is even what, what, like I was talking about earlier, it goes into even more of the frustration of, of not sometimes not feeling it, um, um, accepted and welcomed within the drag race sisterhood mm-hmm. is because, like, or family is because, like, you just really want to, like, take in that knowledge to make yourself better or into greatness, you know? Mm-hmm. And when you look at Rue, and whenever I've seen Rue, that's just what I get, you know? I see that, like... That that's greatness, you know what I mean. That's that's mm-hmm. what I aspire to be. Mm-hmm. I love that. I do that's too. Awesome. That's really yeah. sweet. Um, I think I have I have one more question. If that's okay, um, have you two? What has been your no, favorite? <laughs> <laughs> What's been your favorite <laughs> fan interaction um, since Drag Race? I mean, I don't like no because it's like. They be doing some crazy stuff. The Drag Race fans is really in love mm-hmm. with the show. They love us. Um, I don't know. I guess the most weirdest thing is to me is like when I meet like people or like and they cry or if like um, there's there was one time I remember I was I was working in Indianapolis and I was doing this fashion show for this 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 designer and um, there was like an after party. His friend was throwing an after party and. He was like, oh, my God, he loves you. Like, he would like give you so much if you could come and like that. Because I was really supposed to leave. So I said, I'll go to the party. And I went to the party and he like started crying when I was there. And I, that's always shocking to me to see how much you impact people's life to the part mm-hmm. of like tears and emotion. That's always shocking to me because I know who I cry for. But it's like <laughs> it's it's just I don't know. It's it's just it's it, that is very it's hard to take that in. It's not a bad or a good thing. It's just. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, mine is basically along the same lines. Like it doesn't, it's, there's not one, it's almost every, every one that, that it, mm-hmm. or every time it happens, because literally on, on a weekly basis, I still get somebody who says, I just watched your season for the first time and uh, it was so awesome. Or I, I loved you on it, you know? And so that always means something literally. I know, know I said that to you in the car this morning, <laughs> 10 years later, like yeah. it's, it's still, it still feels good that people still can connect to it, you know, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Um, I, I, I'll just say w- one of my favorite stories to tell is, uh, you know, I'll be working a Saturday night and go out between shows. We do three shows a night and, you know, you, you kiki with people, take pictures with them. And this one night, this girl comes up to me and she's like, I just got to tell you, you are so amazing. I think you would do so good on that uh, drag (laughs) show on TV. Have you ever thought about, have you ever thought about auditioning? And it's like, you know, you know what? You're right. I, I think it's my time. I should audition. Yeah. 
I've been there when someone has said that, and you call them out on the microphone. This person said I should try out for Drag Race, and then I'll ask the audience. I'll should I'll be like, "Do y'all think I should try out?" And they'll <laughs> scream, knowing what I'm about to break this person's heart and tell them, "Guess what? You did, haven't done your homework." So. Right. Oh my god! Oh my all god. right! Oh my god! But it's it's all cute though. It's all cute. It's all fun. It's all fun yeah. and. Um, well, awesome. Thank you both for coming here yeah, for the you. second time. Um, I appreciate your. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, Dita, you're a, a trooper. You're yeah, the Dita. best. You're awesome. <laughs> no, uh, anytime. I like to talk, so y'all know I ain't got to follow Perfect. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> we'll have you up for a follow up episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, Absolutely. I'm ready. <laughs> in the meantime, where can people find you on social media and your Twitch show? Um, so, yes, my Twitch show. Uh, Hold on. Okay, so um, yes, uh, uh, where you can find me um, on all social medias, uh, Instagram, Dita Swag, uh, Twitter, The Real Dita Swag, uh, my Twitch show, October 30th, um, on twitch.tv slash details, The Drag Show. I'm really excited. We have some really fabulous performers. We have um, from BET's Hustle in uh, Brooklyn, uh, AZ is going to be doing a performance. Uh, we have Shake Lay. Um, Monique Hart, Jay Sotomayor. We have the girls from IMHO, um, Mr. Wallace. We have just a lot of great performers. And I'm excited I just get to, like, do my own show and really showcase a lot of entertainers that I see, like, yeah. who are great. So, That's yeah, awesome. I'm always, that. I'm always busy. <laughs> I love that. Princess, where can people find you? Yeah, on the social meds. Um, <laughs> at- at the Drag Princess on Twitter and Instagram. I don't use Facebook. I It's out there, but I haven't touched it in forever. Um, I do want to say before we go that for those, this is an audio platform, but we can see Dita. And Dita, you are one of the most bubbly, energetic. Mm-hmm. You look very, just you're just so Radiating warm and positivity. Yes. And it's amazing. If you've never gotten to uh, see Dita perform or if you by chance don't follow her or whatever like you truly are just like uh, a beaming light through the computer screen like it it, you you really are you you're like that in person too but like just want everybody to know she's 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 absolute magic i love that we've only spoken to you twice and i feel like you're a friend you just yeah Yeah, absolutely love it oh thank you guys so much thank you thank you and thank you to my parents (laughs) uh tracy where can people find you you can find me also on the Sochmids at Tracy Otomy, T-R-A-C-E-Y-O-T-T-O-M-E-Y. Awesome. Mainly Venmo. <laughs> um, you can find, find me at Mr. Mike Gill and follow the podcast at Gay Space Pod, except for Twitter, where we're at the Gay Space Pod. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> And uh, you can find merch for us, NashvilleDrag.com forward slash Gay Space. Yeah. Um, that's all the things. Look out for new shows. And thank you again, Dita. Thanks, Dita. Thanks, Dita. Have a fabulous thank day. Thank you. Have a Bye, great dear. day. Bye, dear. You too. Bye. 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 Hey, 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 hey.